I'm a handshake tater. I'm a spud with a plate. I'm a miracle that's great day by day. I ain't your average quitter. I don't put up with golf. I'm doing the best I can. The drunk tater. Good morning, my fellow Trump taters. This is Jamie Renda on the Trump Tater Podcast this beautiful Wednesday morning. Um, just I, th- I thought, what is going to be the Trump Tater hot take today? And I thought of this incredible, courageous woman, Christina Carm. Caramel, I think is how you caramel. Yeah, caramel. It may not be how you say it, but that's how you uh, phonetically say it. And uh, she is a, an African American woman that has been testifying in the Michigan hearings yesterday. And the reason I pick her as my Trump Tater hot take of the day is because this is my most most passionate feeling. Uh, or cause that I have worked on for 20 years. And that is that black Americans have still not had all their freedoms restored because they have not had freedom of thought. And uh, in, in the sense that if you think outside of the liberal box, if you think outside of the Democrat plantation, and I know a lot of people hate hearing that reference, but uh, that is, that uh, I, I'll go ahead and retract that reference because it does bother some people, but uh, it, it is definitely out of the liberal white box that they want to put black Americans in. If you think outside of that, somehow you're not black, as Joe Biden would say, um, or that you're an Uncle Tom, you're a coon, the list goes on and on. And so any black conservative, their voice is marginalized. And this woman, I don't even think is conservative. She is just someone that has witnessed um, black Americans in her community being taken advantage of and being used at the polls. Um, And so she is testifying uh, uh, multiple different issues that uh, have impacted uh, black Americans there in Michigan um, their votes being, I mean, anyway, I would just encourage everyone to get on and watch Christina Caramel um, on the different issues that she has. But she feels that um, these Democratic politicians, Democratic uh, activists come in and they manipulate the black vote in multiple forms in these cities. So if you look at nationwide, Trump gained an African-American vote 50% over what he was last year. So that's four points. And that, that's enormous in a population that is traditionally, you know, so um, behind the Democratic Party. So in every city, every major city across America, all across America, Joe Biden lost support in the black American community, except in the three or four cities in each of these swing states that have a high black population. And, um, and so she is basically saying that the black population is being used uh, in these precincts uh, to manipulate the vote. And because if anybody comes in and challenges these votes uh, as she has, and the media won't listen to her in saying that there was cheating and fraud that took place, then somehow they're, they're racist and they're trying to disenfranchise black voters. And so it, it sets it up where it's almost where you can't challenge um, the, the fraud that t- takes place in these communities that have such a high black population and, um, and just incredible amounts of votes that came in in the middle of the night in these precincts, in these communities to swing the election to Joe Biden in the states of Michigan, in the states of Pennsylvania, uh, Georgia, and uh, and also Wisconsin. Uh, these are the precincts that were really manipulated and where the votes surged in the middle of the night in order to um, to have Joe Biden make up this deficit that he had going into from the night before. So again, this is how they manipulate the black population into conforming and into suggesting that um, black Americans um, support the democratic policies. And, and, and 
Barack Obama came out, and I didn't mention this in the last week or so, but he came out not only being critical of black Americans, but also Latino Americans who supported Trump and basically suggested that black Americans, these rappers that came in and supported Trump, it's because they're into um, this pop culture of money and drugs and sex. I mean, just really, you know, here he had Beyonce and Jay-Z in the White House singing and performing some of the very music that he is now, you know, suggesting is why these particular artists uh, joined in and supported Trump and was very critical of um, the black man who supported Trump in this last election. And so I, I just found that really interesting that he would be pipe in on that. Um, as I see the artists that actually came in and supported uh, Trump on this is actually the artist who's Music is starting to shift who and um, actually really connect. Uh, I look at Lil Wayne. I, I think, again, I'm not a, a rap artist connoisseur. I don't <laughs> it's not my type of music for the most part, but I have been following Lil Wayne and also uh, Kanye West and a few others for a few years on p- politically. And uh, Lil Wayne's been very consistent. I think his music is very thought, you know, oftentimes very thoughtful in connecting with the issues of black America. And so I start, I'm starting to see kind of a shift in some uh, genre of music that they're, that they're putting out specifically Kanye West. But uh, anyway, then he had the audacity uh, president Obama to also criticize Latino uh, increase of Latino votes for Trump in this past election, suggesting that the Latinos who voted for Trump cared more about abortion and then children in cages. And I thought how absolutely ironic <laughs> that he would, that he would make this connection there. Cause he is the one who built the cages for the kids and uh, it, it, on our border and implemented that policy. And yet he's trying to demoralize or belittle the Latino vote um, saying it was all because they're caught up in abortion and minimizing one, their concern for the abortion issue and, uh, and two connecting it with his very own policy of kids in cages. Uh, but the other thing he discounted is that Latinos voted for Trump because of the economy and because of jobs. And I think it was mixed hold with Latinos. And I think we're going to see an increase of Latino support for the Republican party, if we continue going in the direction that we are, and that's being a party of middle-class America for the working people. And I, so I think we'll see that increase of Latino support in the future as well, going higher. But I definitely believe because I know just here in my area, and I have a, a lot of Latino customers that come into my store and, uh, and some former employees that uh, work for me that now have started their own businesses and are doing absolutely incredible. They love the American dream. They love the entrepreneurship. They love the ability to be able to uh, build a business. And so I definitely believe it was economics as well as some of these moral issues. But again, it was just the condescending and belittling way that President and former President Obama uh, suggested on why we've had these shifts in the the, the minority vote, both for uh, both with the Latino vote and for the Black American men in our country. So again, uh, the person to look for if you go back and listen to yesterday's uh, hearing in Michigan is Christina Caramo. You can look her up also and just see some of the things that she said uh, on her own Facebook. Very brave woman that's uh, come out and just really has been forceful with the media not covering the concerns there on how black Americans are being used in these cities that basically overturned the election. It's just a handful of cities. It's not even five states. It's a few cities within each of these states that uh, shifted this vote and uh, and turned around the um the direction the the voting was going on the night of the election. I mean, President Trump was winning in each of these states, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania, and uh, Georgia, as well as Arizona. And then magically during the night, somehow all these votes came in. They came in through a few major cities uh, in these states, in these few major cities that had a high African-American population 
And uh, in this woman's coming out and challenging and talking about how black voters, again, are being used by the Democratic Party and manipulated with their vote um, by the Democrats. And uh, she's tired of it. And she would like the media to actually report on this issue. So, again, we need to um, recognize that we need to give some cover to our black American friends out there in joining the Republican Party and make sure they feel welcomed as they do so. Um, So anyway, we'll be back and discuss this topic and other things on the election in just a few minutes on the Trump Tater podcast. I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. Sebastian Gorka here. Maybe you've been hearing about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that helps a person's body deal with inflammation and pain. You've heard all the wonderful testimonials. Well, I have my own testimonial. For many years, my lower back pain was becoming a serious problem. The short story is, I finally gave it a try, and now I'm out of pain too. So if you're in pain, you can order the three-week quick start for just $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com. Hi, this is Dennis Prager, and we just launched a new PragerTopia membership called PragerTopia Unlimited. Members can listen to any and all audio programs that are in the Dennis Prager store. That's over 400 programs to choose from, show segments, talks, lectures, courses, even full access to all five books of my Torah teaching. For a limited time, an annual PragerTopia Unlimited membership is only $119. Join PragerTopia Unlimited today. Go to PragerTopia.com. If your credit card bills have gotten out of hand and you care about your credit, call Consolidated Credit now. If the interest rates on your credit cards are so high, it'll take years to get out of debt. Call Consolidated Credit now. They've helped over 6 million people with credit card debt. Without destroying your credit, they can consolidate your debts into one lower payment, reduce your interest rates, and get you out of debt fast. The program works. Call Consolidated Credit now. Call 800-406-0046. 800-406-0046. That's 800-406-0046. Consolidated Credit Counseling Services, Inc. 5701 West Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33313. Licensed by the New York Department of Financial Services and by the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation. Maryland DM 1492. Oregon DM 80092. Licensed by the Virginia State Corporation. Commission license number DC83. Service may adversely affect the individual's credit. Non-payment of debt may lead to additional finance charges or collections activity, including legal action, not a loan company. Welcome back to the Trump Tater. We're going to go on talking more of the issues of this election, fraudulent election that took place, and uh, point out a couple more heroes. Um, so, Christina is definitely a hero and a Trump Tater in my book there in Michigan. And uh, I'm, I'm just going to touch briefly on this comments that Bill Barr made yesterday. One, I do think it was naive and ignorant of him to go on to an AP interview, but knowing how they twist and turn the facts. But from my understanding, Bill Barr actually did not say that there's no evidence of fraud. 
he said there's no evidence yet of fraud that would overturn the election. And so they left out the word yet that he he said it's not to the point where it would overturn the election yet. Uh, he did not say there's no evidence of mass fraud. He said it, it did not reach yet the point where it could overturn the election and that things needed to work out through the civil courts as they're doing right now with Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood and uh, former Mayor uh, Rudy Giuliani. So again, you know, I know Bill Barr is particular in the words that he uses. Um, and so he, he clarified what the words yet on that, but uh, he should have been much more careful in an interview like that, knowing how things will get twisted and turned. And uh, and he definitely uh, put himself in an awkward position on that. So anyway, we'll we'll go on talking about these three whistleblowers that are drivers for the USPS, and uh, they basically there's a couple things. Uh, they one when they went on Hannity last night and talked about a hundred thousand mail-in ballots that they were uh, being directed to backdate so they would fit the deadline for submission, and uh, he he they swore to this in a sworn affidavit so that makes them you know either where they're going to be criminally liable if if they lied on this which I don't believe they they, they did, um, so these are people willing to come out and um, really expose themselves. And as I mentioned yesterday with Sidney Powell mentioned that uh, one of the witnesses that they had that had had a sworn affidavit ended up in the hospital and beaten. And so these are people we need to keep in our prayers, make sure that their safety and their family's safety is of utmost importance and uh, that perhaps we need to start some GoFundMe accounts so that these people can be able to to be able to find a place uh, that they can be safely um, protected until we get through this, uh, these hearings and we continue to challenge this vote that took place. Another thing that was pointed out, you know, in Florida uh, back in 2000, it was specific on uh, the recount of the vote. And so a lot of people are saying, well, the recount, uh, these recounts are matching and aligning. And so, therefore, it was one of the it was the Department of Homeland Security, the guy that came out in a 60 Minutes interview and said, you know, it tells me that we had a very secure election because these recounts are matching the original counts. Well, I don't think that's anything that's ever been the issue that was being challenged by um, those who are fighting for the American people and for the election of Donald J. Trump because they saw the votes themselves as fraudulent. So recounting the same votes, of course, you're going to have votes align and that match. The question is, is what fraudulent votes came in? In the state of Nevada alone, there are 40,000 votes of people that voted twice in the election. And when you have the close margin in Nevada, uh, that 40, just that one specific uh area that they're focusing in on of uh, people who double voted is enough to overturn the election. But that's just one of many in Nevada uh, fraudulent activity that took place. There's also, um, you don't ever supposed to give money for votes. And um, on the Indian reservations there, it's uh, there is lotteries or um I guess lottery is not the right word, raffles being given if you showed that you voted and that you're entered in to win all these prizes and gift cards. And uh, again, very blatant uh, Facebook posting and everything that shows that um, people were being rewarded financially for their vote, uh, specifically in the Democrat Party uh, there. So that's just, again, one of many uh, incidences in which there was paid uh, activity for people voting, which is a, against the law. But we'll go down and talk a little bit more about um, these USPS contract, a subcontractor truck driver claimed to have driven nearly 300,000 completed mail-in ballots across state lines. Why they would need to drive 300,000 ballots from New York uh, into Pennsylvania. I mean, that's, you know, questionable activity. Again, th these are gentlemen that have gone um, and have sworn affidavits that this happened. And uh, 
that they they drove across uh, state lines from and were hired to drive 300,000 ballots from New York to Pennsylvania and not empty ballots, but filled out ballots. Uh, again, 300,000 ballots just in this one incidence is enough votes uh, to completely overturn turn the election in all five states that are up for grabs right now. All five states total is less than 200,000 votes uh, difference between all five of these states. Um, in Arizona, it's a quarter of a percent difference uh, between uh, Joe Biden and, uh, and Donald J. Trump. So anyway, 200,000 votes total between five states is what we're talking, the difference between who won and who lost this election. This is just one incidence. Again, here are 300,000 votes that were trucked across state lines from New York to uh, Pennsylvania in the heat of the night. <laughs> and so anyway, uh, the list goes on. And uh, But unfortunately, because of Barr's statement uh, to the AP and the way that it's been misconstrued, uh, the Democrats have jumped on that. I've already seen it from my leftist friends here on my social media, uh, jumping on Bill Barr's words and saying, see, even the attorney general is uh, denying that there's any voter fraud. That's not what he said again. So make sure we get out there and challenge that. But uh, the bigger issue is what is being testified in both Arizona on Monday, Michigan yesterday, and in Georgia today, there's going to be a, a press conference um, from Sidney Powell and Linwood. And also Nevada today starts some hearings. So this is starting to pick up some momentum. Uh, Senator Cruz came out and asked the Supreme Court to take up the Pennsylvania case. The Pennsylvania case, just so you know what happened there, um, a federal judge basically said that this is a very strong case and it would probably overturn the election. And the uh, uh, Pennsylvania Supreme Court came out and said, basically, you know, you waited too long uh, to fight for this. And I, I, I don't know the exact legal language. And I thought, well, what do you mean waited too long? You can't you can't preemptively say you've been harmed in a lawsuit. And so you had to wait till the harm took place. And they jumped on it as soon as the election was over. But um, I talked to a friend of mine who is an attorney and said, basically, they were just trying to they didn't want to be the ones making this decision. So they used this obscure ruling and uh, to kind of force it to the Supreme Court. So I believe that one will go to the Supreme Court, and either Supreme Court is going to force the um, the state Supreme Court of Pennsylvania to actually rule appropriately one one direction or another based on the, uh, the federal judge that gave the earlier ruling. So hopefully that's going to take place fairly quick. Uh, we got to put a lot of pressure on our Republican legislators in these five states to do the right thing and to be brave and stand up um, against these fraudulent elections. I mean, a lot of them are talking about that, yeah, something definitely needs to be done, but they're not wanting to fight the fight for the current election of President Trump. So anyway, let's call and put some pressure on these Republican legislators in these five states. So we'll be back on the Trump Tater, a little bit more on this election, on where it's going and uh, what we can do to help. Back on the Trump Tater in just a minute. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. 100,000 ballots went missing from Wisconsin voter rolls on election night. A semi-rig with 24 pallets of pre-filled in ballots went from New York State to Pennsylvania on election night. With these kinds of allegations of voter fraud, the mere numbers could easily overturn the election. The day after the election, the Postal Service uh, supervisor asked me if I'd forgotten ballots the night before. I didn't have any. 100,000 ballots were supposedly missing in the state of Wisconsin. 
can tell you I took 24 pallets from Bethpage, New York, to Lancaster, addresses on them. But if we don't pick the people that are making the decisions on our behalf, then we have a rogue government doing whatever they want to do. Mainstream media and William Barr, the Attorney General of the United States, claim that they have no evidence of voter fraud. Thanks for listening. This is USA Radio News. When thinking about life insurance, my accident reinforced you never know what tomorrow might bring. That's why I reached out to AccuQuote. AccuQuote helps people find a life insurance policy that meets their needs. Since 1986, they've helped millions of folks save up to 60% on their life insurance by comparing the rates and features of dozens of top-rated life insurance products. A healthy 50-year-old non-smoker can buy a half a million dollars of 10-year level term for less than 45 bucks a month. A 60-year-old under 120 bucks a month. Longer or permanent terms are available. Even if you already own life insurance, you really need to check out my friends at AccuQuote. Don't worry about health issues. Remember, they help me. As a pastor, I'm concerned about your soul and helping you to make sure your family is taken care of. Life insurance is more affordable now than ever, so don't make them wish you'd made that call. 877-437-4781. Call now, 877-437-4781. 877-437-4781. Each policy points and availability vary by state. Petitioners in Pennsylvania are asking the Supreme Court to hear their complaints. USA Radio News' Dan Araki tells us more. Representative Mike Kelly of Pennsylvania is leading a group of petitioners asking the Supreme Court to nullify the certification of the election in his state. Kelly is asking for an emergency order that would revoke last week's certification of former Vice President Joe Biden's win. He also filed with the court to hear an appeal of his lawsuit regarding the constitutionality of Pennsylvania's no-excuse absentee voting. His suit, which was denied by the state Supreme Court, said that the Pennsylvania legislature violated the state's constitution when they changed mail-in voting rules. Texas Senator Ted Cruz has thrown his support behind Kelly's petition. In a statement Tuesday night, Cruz said that the group's suit raised serious legal issues and needed to be heard in an expedited manner. From the USA Radio News Ohio Bureau, I'm Dan Naraki. Cyber Monday was a big deal in America. Spending was up 15% this year, with an estimated $10.8 billion spent in the U.S. USA Radio News. Welcome back to the Trump Tater this fabulous Wednesday morning. Uh, just a little fun things that are out there is O'Keefe is at it again uh, with Project Veritas. And uh, I find this so ironic. I mean, you know, not necessarily the things that were said, but obviously we all knew CNN was against President Trump. So it's not surprising to us that they have these 9 a.m. calls with their executives on how they're going to undermine Trump. Uh, But somehow O'Keefe had somebody on the inside or was managed to record the last several months of these 9 a.m. calls. And so he released a few of these and now... uh, Jeff Zucker is all butthurt over it and uh, is like, I think this is illegal, and uh, which I find so ironic because here they had somebody in that was actually recording the conversations that took place against with Melania Trump and felt completely free to air those conversations and uh, and invade her privacy. But somehow when their privacy as a New York news organization uh, gets invaded, you know, it's criminal activity. And it wouldn't surprise me if they find some liberal judge out there that uh, would side with them on this, just like the horrible thing in California when we had reporters go in to Planned Parenthood and record um, them talking about, uh, you know, Dis, dismembering body parts in such a way that they could sell them more effectively and uh, and how they how they would perform an abortion so they can be able to capitalize on making money off harvesting these these organs and different body parts of these aborted uh, babies and yet you know these young men who went in there and did that have been fighting for years in California now for their freedom and uh, and for exercising, you know, their First Amendment right and their right as journalists to go in and get a story. So, again, somehow uh, things are criminal if it's a conservative reporter, someone actually out doing journalism, uh, you know, on organizations like Planned Parenthood and now with CNN, you know, 
CNN getting doxxed, if you will, for the things that uh, that they say behind closed doors. Again, nothing that was said is surprising because we all know how they feel about President Trump in these first uh, 9 a.m. calls that O'Keefe released this morning. But it definitely showed the the bias that takes place in CNN and how they go about it. one of the, one of the calls that really surprised me. I shouldn't say surprised me that uh, didn't surprise me, but I found interesting is the one when President Trump got coronavirus and how they were going to manipulate President Trump getting coronavirus and uh, and use that against him, which I just absolutely love the fact that Trump got coronavirus and three days later he's out Killing it, and I happen to be one of the lucky, fortunate people that were at the White House in that first uh, talk or speech that he gave after he uh, was diagnosed with coronavirus. And I was there in Washington D.C. for Blexit Back, Backs the Blue, and he invited our group over. And uh, so we were out on the White House front lawn, and he came out on the the rotunda or whatever you call the porch area out there and addressed us. You know, I could tell he still wasn't feeling great because, one, he only talked to us for 19 minutes, which is so unlike Trump. Um, And you could tell he wasn't feeling perfect, but, you know, three days later he was out doing his thing, and within a week he was out uh, as soon as he was given the go-ahead. I think the following Monday, that this was on a Saturday, I was there. The following Monday he did a rally in which he had like 50,000 people there. And just the fact that uh, here this man, 74 years old, I believe, or is he 76 now? How old is he, Brian? Do you know? 76 years old, because he was 72 when he was elected. So 76 years old. And one of the first things that they pointed out is the fact that he's obese, 76 years old. And yet he kicked coronaviruses. But uh, as far as like three days later, he's out there just absolutely and performing his duties and uh, and being president. And then within a short time out there holding these rallies, and he continued to hold these rallies from that point on multiple times a week and then towards the end every day four or five rallies a day to the tune of 30 40 50,000 people at each rally each one with every bit as enthusiasm as the previous rally and this is a man who had coronavirus just right at the end of this election cycle and gave it everything he had to go out there and fight for America and, and he did win Americans over. I mean, the man got more votes than any setting president ever had and by a, a significant margin, 74 million votes. Um, so he increased uh, the amount of votes that he had in 2016. He had more votes than Barack Obama had in 2008 or 2012. He increased his voting among every demographic, uh, Hispanics, blacks, uh, even increased in the elderly, which he was said that he was going to lose votes in that mar- in that particular category, increased with white women as well, white educated women, uh, where he was anticipated to lose uh, votes. So, again, if you look at all the demographics in which he increased in, um, percentage-wise, you go, how? Did Joe Biden get six more million votes than Trump did? How did Joe Biden, who was hiding out in his basement, who had no voter enthusiasm, who did not connect with Latinos, uh, with the black Americans, uh, or just the average American, there was no enthusiasm towards Joe Biden. How did Joe Biden manage to get 10 million more votes than Barack Obama did uh, in 2008, when it was this historical election of our first uh, black American president. Again, it's just common sense tells us that, that did not happen. Um, so I want to go on to talk about my, one of my favorite governors, because it's certainly not the governor of Utah or the future governor of Utah, but uh, DeSantis, Governor DeSantis in Florida, uh, just rocking it in the sense of American freedoms and not forcing Florida, the people of Florida to live in fear. Now, in saying this, I'm not saying that people shouldn't wear a mask and people shouldn't be careful, but I'm saying it shouldn't be forced on them as criminal activity. And uh, so DeSantis basically said there will be no new lockdowns. There will be no mandatory mask or anything, any other anti-coronavirus 19, COVID-19 measures. 
And so it's going to be interesting to see how the states fare, both uh, financially and with the coronavirus, that uh, and how they're handling this. Who's taking away freedoms and who is leading their states in the most freedom-loving way that they can. It doesn't mean that people shouldn't exercise caution. It just means that they should not have criminal activity be enforced their direction, which reminds me of yet another sad situation of a business owner in New York. Um, he owns a bar in the autonomous zone. I mean, it, it, so these autonomous zones, I remember years ago, um, in started out in England, and I believe it was, um, I'm trying to think of um, the person that was uh, prohibited from going to England. Um, Anyway, we we had a, a a political commentator who England would uh, did not allow him to go into their country because he suggested there were no go zones, and and they came out and said there's no such thing as no go zone, but then we found out uh, years later that there were no go zones, had been no go zones, and what a no go zone is is where the police um, of that community are not allowed in those communities that they self-police, which means they're living in Sharia law or they're living in some other type of uh, law enforcement that polices within that own, their own community, um, which leaves, you know, a very vulnerable population of not being protected uh, in those communities. The same things happening in Switzerland and other places over in Europe. So now we're getting these autonomous zones in the United States and these places like Minneapolis, again, that's trying to defund their police department that are made up of significant population of Muslims within that community, which want, you know, to exercise some form of Sharia law. But again, it leaves many people unprotected in those communities. But anyway, back to this man in New York, the, the owner of this bar, he ended up uh, last night being hauled away in handcuffs for being a criminal for trying to keep his business open. And again, this just breaks my heart as a small business owner that when the government forces you to shut down and makes the criminal activity for you to keep your business open. So my kudos to the Trump tit of the day is Governor DeSantis in keeping Florida free um, from these incredible uh, restrictions and breaches of our freedom and liberties um, that we're seeing exercised in states all across the country, including my own state of Utah, which is no longer a red state, but more of a purple uh, state leaning blue. So anyway, uh, kudos to um, this bar owner in New York City for standing up for his rights, even though he's being unjustly made into a criminal for that. So we'll be back on the Trump Tater to wrap up this um, Trump Tater podcast today with the final news of the day. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Stock market have you nervous with all the massive fluctuations? With the hope for a COVID vaccine on the rise, shifting political landscape, and the election at an end, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. With Vantage Point, you don't have to. Text MONEY to 411411 to find out how our technology can forecast market trends up to three days in advance with incredible accuracy. Text MONEY to 411411 to get what you need to stay ahead of market trends and find explosive moves before they happen. Vantage Point's patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds. Stop guessing. Start predicting trends 72 hours in advance. Text MONEY to 411411 and experience Vantage Point for free. Text MONEY to 411411 so you can protect and grow your capital now. Don't wait. Text MONEY to 411411. Go to vantagepointsoftware.com for terms, conditions, and privacy policy. I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. 
We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy! With a recession ending, if you've been putting off building your business, now is the time to act. General Steel will meet or beat any price on a pre-engineered steel building of the same size and specifications. Act now before steel prices go up. So call us today for free information. Call 800-965-1290. Hi, this is Stan Ellsworth. You know, I know a little bit about history. I mean, me and that Harley and all. But social media, well, that's a mystery to me. So I turned to the good folks at Little Cloud. They helped me develop my social media. They call it an online footprint. I'm a pretty big guy. Little Cloud, they've created a pretty big online presence for me. Let them help you. Visit their website. Visit my friends at littlecloudmedia.com. Welcome back to the Trump Tater. I just want to clarify something that I totally misread of this bar owner in New York City. Again, I have to give this guy even more kudos after realizing I read this wrong. He declared his bar an autonomous zone. <laughs> Which I have to love. I mean, how awesome is that? It didn't work for him, but he lives in this orange district in which he was being forced to shut down. So he just decided he would declare his bar area an autonomous zone. And uh, so anyway, even more kudos to this guy for thinking outside the box and and being creative. Unfortunately, it only works, these autonomous areas, if you're willing to dress up in black and carry a hammer and spray paint and destroy the city around you. That's the only way the autonomous zones work. Sorry, guy. Uh, You just weren't creative enough and violent enough and destructive enough to allow it to be effective. But uh, anyway, I have to give him kudos that... uh, that he was thinking outside the box on how to protect his business and just decided it would not be part of New York City, that it would be an entity unto itself. And uh, so anyway, I I first misread that, and then I went back and read it again. I thought, oh, man, that's even better of a story that he was going to just be an autonomous area, a government unto himself in his bar. So anyway, we'll see how that works out in court. For him, it's going to be interesting to see how this autonomous zone in Seattle works out and who's going to be held accountable to the deaths that took place and the destruction that these autonomous people uh, committed upon the city of uh, Seattle uh, during their time that they took over this downtown area of Seattle. Will there be any accountability there? I doubt it. But yet this man's hauled off in handcuffs for his autonomous bar that he was just trying to make sure that he can stay in business and not lose everything that he's worked for, for the many years that he's uh, operated in, in the state of New York city, 30%, just a reminder to our audience, 30% of small businesses in New York's have closed their doors permanently. He just didn't want to be a stat. He was trying to prohibit him from being in that category of permanently shut down businesses. Uh, unfortunately, the law is working against him there, and he probably will end up with those numbers in those numbers of permanently closed businesses. So uh, my heart goes out to him, and um, I wish the best for him and his family because these are tough times for business owners. So on to a couple of other things. One, President Trump. And, and then again, I have to go, you know, President Trump's worked as hard and fast as he can, and unfortunately, he did not have Republican counterparts helping him on this the way they should. Mike uh, Mike Lee, my senator from Utah that I am proud of, um, has recently just really come out against Twitter and uh, some of these tech companies. Unfortunately, it's a little too late, Mike. He was not on board fast enough on this. 
But President Trump said he's going to veto the defense spending bill if it does not include uh, the revision of this 230 uh, amendment that it basically gives protection to these corporate online companies such as Google and Twitter and Facebook. And uh, so I don't know if that will be effective or not, but uh, I hope he does um, um, veto that if we, that needs to be a major uh, point that's made. These companies do not deserve the protection that they've been given. And if Joe Biden is elected and if we end up losing the Senate, which we cannot allow to happen, uh, then they're going to be even more forceful and, uh, and trying to brainwash the American population, uh, than they already have been. So a, a couple of things on Georgia, um, there's going to be a new uh, conference today. Please tune in. I believe it's 2.05 Eastern time uh, with Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood. It's going to be interesting to see what they have to say at this press conference. Another thing that um, uh, Judicial Watch pointed out in 2016, Department of Homeland Security actually hacked into uh, the election system there in the state of Georgia and uh, and that's the, our Department of Homeland Security it was uh, hacked into that. So I, I don't have the full article on that, but that came out this morning on Judicial Watch through, through some documents that they were able to obtain shows that there was some questionable activity that took place in Georgia in 2016. And uh, so this is not new to Georgia and or new to these swing states the way that they tr they're trying to manipulate the votes. This is two presidential elections in a row. Unfortunately, they seem to be more successful in their corrupt, fraudulent election practices this year than they were in 2016. I think they were surprised in 2016 that they did not um, win that election because of all their corrupt um fraudulent activity. So in 2020, they beefed it up and uh, had even more corrupt fraudulent activity. And I think they were still surprised that it wasn't enough because on election night, uh, all the media, everybody seemed kind of in dismayed that President Trump was leading, leading in all these swing states and by a significant margin. So they had to back it up in the middle of the night with even more corruption. And so hopefully um, that corruption is going to be laid out to us today in this press conference with Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood. Again, today in the state of Nevada, there are some hearings on specifically on the 40,000 people who voted twice in this election, enough to overturn the election just in Nevada on that issue alone. Um, so there's some things that momentum's building right now. Um, one of the things, um, let me see, I had another one that I wanted to Oh, this, this is kind of a fun one. Barack Obama, he's in despair again. I mean, I wish this guy, you know, most presidents just kind of, you know, President Bush just kind of laid back. President Clinton, not so much. But, but President Obama, he's just been really quiet through this whole election till right at the end. Right at the end, he jumped in and uh, he just can't seem to be quiet now. But he, he made some disparaging remarks yeah, about Democrats. First, he made some about black Americans that voted for Trump. And then he made some about Latinos. Now he's going to just go ahead and criticize his own party full force. He said on Tuesday, he, he criticized the Democratic Party for relying too long on the same old folks instead of promoting young leaders. So again, here this is, this is his vice presidential candidate or vice president that ran for election. He held off to the last minute to actually endorse him and come out and support Joe Biden. And, uh, but yet he's criticizing, um, the same old leaders. And yet this was the leader that he, you know, kind of pushed and nudged in office the last few weeks of the election. But uh, and then you look at all the other Nancy Pelosi is going to be the new speaker, not the new speaker of the House, but continued speaker of the House. And so what is he suggesting here? Does he really want AOC as the speaker of the House? Probably. So he would like some of these more new radical voices taking over leadership of the Democratic Party. Uh, it goes right in hand in hand with his community organizing spirit and uh wanting to completely fundamentally change America as he was not completely able to do 
uh, during his two terms in office. So, again, so important that uh, we maintain um, the Senate, even when we have marginalized people like Mitt Romney uh, on the Republican side. So we need to win both of these seats in Georgia in order to protect us from a marginalized Mitt um, in the Republican leadership in the Senate. So, um, again, President uh, Obama, former President Obama, just continuing coming out, uh, nitpicking on all the different demographics. Uh, First, uh, black men who voted for Trump, Latinos who voted for Trump, and now the old people in the Democratic Party. So just a little fun tidbit on uh, on Barack Obama, on his continued... uh, relevance that he feels that he has there. Um, So uh, another one that, uh, again, that it's coming out on Dominion. So just keep your eyes out on who who owns Dominion. And so I'm not for sure this came out and has not been verified, but it's my understanding that China uh, is a significant owner in Dominion and uh, bought out Dominion sometime uh, this this summer. So that's going to be interesting how much influence that China has in the Dominion voting machine. So anyway, a lot of things to look out for this week. Uh, just a reminder to my audience what a Trump tater is and that we can all work hard on being Trump taters. We're people who outclass, outshine, outperform, defeat someone or something. We're dependable and reliable people. And so just make sure as you go out and you're, you're working towards making sure these elections are fair in your communities that you do so in a positive, articulate manner, and uh, that we fight the fight, uh, outclassing and outshining our counterparts out there who are trying to win this election using fraudulent activities. So, again, we'll see you tomorrow on the Trump Tater Show. Look us up on TrumpTater.com. Follow us on Fed by Ravens Media and encourage your family and friends to, to listen in to the different podcasts on Fed by RavensMedia.com. Thank you.